What's up, Elite Army? This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Well-ish. Hi, Elite. Long time no talk. It's only been a few days, but I've missed you dearly. Actually, for me, it's literally only been two days. I ha- put on this like whole attached production when I was coming to the end of the 28 days and was like, oh my God, I'm going to miss you. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I realized that I'm here. I am two days later. I like completely unassembled my studio and like made it back into my Zen yoga room. And then here I am. Literally, it's been one day since I've recorded. And I was like, well, I guess it's time to uh, set that bad boy back up and get recording again. So... (laughs) Long time to talk. I'm so excited. We are back on Monday, so that's different. That's fun and exciting. So I'm excited to be back in our normal setting. But because I was going so strong in the 28 days of self-love, I was really harping on my self-improved self, my my improved best self brain, my me that I'm proud to share with the world. <laughs> But through that, I was like, okay, well, I feel like I'm not even being my 100% self because I'm obviously not 100% healed. As we've discussed, it's not possible. And I still do some and still think some toxic things. So I thought it would be a little bit more well-rounded here on Well-ish to share with you guys some of my old toxic things because younger me, old me, she was much more toxic than today me. You know, today I still do have like remnants of those thoughts and behaviors, but before she was a little out of pocket. So I wanted to share with you some of the things that I did in order to prevent you from hopefully doing them in the future. Or if you can even just like, it's not going to be most likely, that would be crazy if it was, but it's most likely not going to be the same exact story that I'm going to tell you today, but it might, I don't know, ring a bell. The main theme might be similar to something that you've experienced or are experiencing and maybe will knock some sense into you to fucking knock that shit off and that you're better off without it and to move the hell on because great, all good and dandy that the things that I've gone through have made me a better person, but there's really some things that I could have done without. So I'm very excited to tell you about them today. Not really. I was really cringing when I was fucking writing this because you know what? Not to toot my own God complex, but I think that I am very above average for self-improvement and to kind of go backwards. (laughs) Makes me want to die a little bit remembering it so much so that these are the things that I like you, you know, those moments that you're just like existing in life, just living your best self, fucking making dinner, taking a shower, just doing whatever. And this like flash memory of the cringiest fucking thing you ever did just pops into your brain and you just sees I don't even know (laughs) I fucking hate when that happens that is what I'm going to talk to you guys about today that's what I'm going to be sharing with you god bless it I even had a fucking dream last night about one of the people that's in one of these stories because I was fucking thinking about this so hard and like freaking out so hard she bullied me she threw me into a fucking snow pit that was had 
ice and snow at the bottom of it and laughed at me. And it was all because I couldn't snap a picture or know how to conduct a fucking camera that has like, you know, like the old fashioned cameras that have like the big blanket laying over top of you. I was trying to do that and she like fucking ripped me out of there and was like, you stupid bitch, you can't do anything. And then I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to record something about that literal bitch today. So yeah, it's going to be good. I'm really excited. <laughs> so without further ado, let me get into my first story. <laughs> my first one is an ex-boyfriend story. And while I could cherry pick from dozens of these, I decided to pick one that really for some reason sticks in my brain. I truthfully couldn't tell you why it is so ingrained inside my head <laughs> because I really feel like this isn't the worst thing that I've ever done. Like I've showed up at this man's job fucking freaking out. I've, I mean, that was cringe too, but I think, but you know, I don't know if I regret that because it was warranted. <laughs> Just saying. But I really feel cringe about this because I, I guess it's in retrospect, like looking at it from my current brain back at it now that it's just like, oh, my God, dude, why did you do that? Why would you do that? So I oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just thought of a different story. I'm replacing one of these stories with my other cringiest story. <gasps> oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot to incorporate it on here. OK, I'm so excited. That's actually going to be what story is that? That's going to be the second to last story. Ah! I'm excited. OK, so. <laughs> Anyways, this story, let's stick to the first one. I was dating a guy for on and off about four years and I dated him through college and we were long distance and he was he was my like cheat on me all the time sort of relationship. There was a whole bunch of garbage that happened like, you know, he had a whole other girlfriend for eight months. There were several other girls involved. I found him paying for nudes of girl of a girl that we went to high school with that also coincidentally bullied my sister. So I was like, I actually hate you double now. But he was not a good person. He wasn't a good relationship. And so as you can imagine, there was always signs. There was always things that pointed to him being a piece of shit. Like uh, you know, just being manipulative, gaslighting, doing things behind my back. You know, obviously he wasn't a trustworthy person and he obviously wasn't a he um, I don't want to say he wasn't a quality person because I am as weird as I am, like to give people the benefit of the doubt and like to think that, you know, we're all just through this learning process. And because it was our late teens, early 20s, hopefully he's grown by now. Who knows? But at the time, I knew something was going on. I knew that things were weird. I had already known of several times he cheated on me before. And I was in my bedroom in my sorority house when I was in college. I was, I think, a junior or a sophomore. And maybe it was, I was a sophomore. And I'll tell you why I know that. So it was spring break of my sophomore year. And he was having phone trouble that his phone was broken. And so there was two days that he went without talking to me completely. Like, and that is like death in long distance relationship world. And my boyfriend cheats on me all the time world. So <laughs> I was like super irritated and paranoid in hindsight. I wish I had just taken that time to be like, wow, look how great my life is. I don't have to talk to him every five seconds because I'm not worried about what he's going to do. So I feel like I have to talk to him every five seconds. It's not because I genuinely want to. 
but I didn't realize that then. <laughs> I was still convinced that it was because I genuinely wanted to. In that time, his phone really was broken. Shock. I know. And how do I know that, you ask? Because he decided when he went to the Sprint store to go get a new phone to fuck the girl that sold him the phone. <laughs> so cute. So I find out about this. I fucking freak out. We have a cute little breakup for a little while. And then, of course, we get back together. So we're back together. And we were arguing about something that I genuinely have zero idea what it was. Like, I have no recollection of what the argument was about, but I remember the aftermath of the argument. It was, he, okay, it was always like the same sort of thing that he would try to accuse me of doing something wrong. Like, crazy. Like, to the point that he would be like, somebody's probably in your room right now. Somebody's probably in your room right now. Uh, show me the room. Show me the room. Let me see it. And it was like, I'm in my sorority house, dog. Like, we don't let people in here after fucking midnight. Like, nobody's here. And But he kept trying to play it that way. And so then we were arguing, I think, I don't know. Again, that's just how every argument went. So that's my assumption. And we were fighting. And then he hung up on me. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, and you know what? Don't fucking hang up on me. I've got points to say. And I'm making them. And if I don't get my points out, I feel backed up and I'm going to fucking explode. But it's no fun exploding when you're exploding alone. I want to explode at the person that fucking caused me to be pent up and wanting to explode. But he hung up on me. And I here's where I'm getting to my fucking cringiest regret. And this is a light one. Let me say that because now that I know the rest of mine are going to fucking be. But I sat there and fucking called this man. I fucking called this man over 200 times and just laid there and fucking cried. And he literally never answered me for like another day after that. And then when he was like, and then when he answered, he was like, are you done being like that now? Like as if I did something fucking wrong. But I just think about like the cringy part for me is just thinking about laying in bed, crying all night long, staying up all night long. I had school in the morning. I had things to do. And I just laid there and cried and called this man on repeat. Get a fucking grip, girl. Oh my God. Let that man go. Let that man go, period. Okay. Like obviously he was not quality and obviously that relationship needed to end. And unfortunately it continued on for about another year-ish, which is crazy. But I think that it's just so cringe because even if it wasn't break up with him, it was, okay, hang up on me. Bye. Like, it's good to care about things. And I really want to acknowledge that, that like these feelings come up because you care, because you're being disrespected, because this person that you put intention towards and you do the right things for doesn't do the same thing back. So feeling these crazy fucking waves it's like it's valid. It makes sense that you do that because how can you pour so much into somebody and then give you literally zero fucking back? It's disgusting and it's rude. So it upsets you. But I just think that cringiest regrets, like I just wish I could go back and just like sit with that fucking girl in that bed and be like, babe, just for tonight, it's not worth it. Put the phone down and go to sleep. 
and try again tomorrow. When you get up tomorrow, you've got things to do. You've got life to live that have nothing to do with this man that will distract you from whatever's happening. But right now in your bed, the worst place to be if you are upset, you just got to go to sleep. You just got to go to sleep. Go fucking chug some NyQuil or something and just fucking go to sleep, bro. Like it's going to be all right and you're going to move through it. And the whole detrimental feeling is just right now. It's literally not going to matter in five days. It's going to be okay. So yeah, that's my first one. Really just calling this man on repeat for absolutely zero reason. But you know, actually it wasn't for zero reason, but you know what I mean? That he just, he didn't deserve that. And it uh, aggravates me that I gave that much of myself and that gave that much of my time and that much of my energy to something that clearly didn't deserve it. My second story is the one that involves the person that I had a dream about this morning. So when I, this is another college one, when I was a senior in college, I was the editor-in-chief of a magazine called Uprising. I started my sophomore year and I started as a staff writer and then I moved up to publications director and that, which is the person that oversaw all of the articles being written. And then I then became the editor-in-chief. That is an election process. I was elected into that position. The the magazine voted for me and I got that position. Now, in the same year, I had run for president of my sorority and I felt that I was wrongfully stripped of that. <laughs> but that's a whole different story and it's really not relevant. But I, my point is, is that was something that was really fucking upsetting to me, that I was trying to become the president of this organization and I felt that it was wrongfully taken from me. And so then I was I, I was like, OK, great. Like I've, I've talked to you guys about this so many fucking times that it's like looking for, you know, a negative thing happens and then being able to recognize in a little while what that negative thing brought into your life. That was what this was for me. You know, that really negative thing happened. I didn't make president. And so then I had the opportunity to apply for editor in chief. And I was like, oh, my God, this makes so much more sense for me. You know, even though I'm more into the sorority. I definitely would want to give more to Uprising Magazine because that's what my career is. That's what my major is. It'll look really good on a resume. Like I would love to to do that. So I put myself in the position to, you know, figure out all of the things that went into it. Photography, textiles and apparel, that was my minor. Um, the journalism, graphic design, all of that kind of stuff. All I, I learned how to do all of it and then started working to become editor-in-chief, which I achieved. So I felt really proud of that. I felt really excited about that. But the year that I become editor-in-chief, because of course that's always how that fucking shit works, is they decided to make it president and vice president. So... I was editor-in-chief, but I was president of the organization, which was kind of cool because I had just not become president of this other organization and was nominated for the president of this one. So I was like, okay, fuck it, whatever, I'll take it. I'm going to be the goddamn president of something. So I become the president and it's a year-long position. So there's two magazines, one published each semester. semester. So the first one was fine. I It was published. Everything was all good. But then the second semester, we have a... A professor that oversaw the magazine. She is in the, she's the head of the Department of Textiles and Apparel. And the vice president was a textiles and apparel major. When the magazine was created, it was a textiles and apparel magazine. 
Now, the editor in chief before me, the two there was two editor in chiefs before me, and they decided that that wasn't good, and that's why they wanted to do president and vice president. They didn't want the equals to happen. The two of them were really great, and one of them was in journalism, me, and the other one was in textiles and apparel. But I don't think that the professor overseer liked that I was more into the journalism than the textiles and apparel. Like I was more, I founded a series of articles called speak up. That was like conversational uh, topics about trending things like uh, black lives matter, LGBTQ plus um, there was like a bunch of stuff like that. I can't, Oh, me too. That was another one. Um, and so I was really gun ho on, you know, making the magazine more informative and shock. I realize it now, like self-improvement like and and becoming this better version of you uh, and focusing on that and making the editorials align with that and all of those things where really the purpose of the magazine was to showcase textiles and apparel students' projects and their art form through photography in in taking pictures of clothes. So she really liked the vice president and the vice president was who I had a dream about last night was, um, and you know what, to be honest, we ended up reconciling like towards the end of the year and we, her and I got along. We, I wouldn't say we were ever friends, but she's a sweet girl and no, no hard feelings to her. And I completely respect you wanting to, to do this, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So I was chipping away, chugging away on creating the magazine that I was the editor-in-chief of and wanted to put out there. And she went to the director of Textiles and Apparel and said that she wanted to be president with me, that we should be equals in the second semester. And came up with like this whole fucking like game plan project that presented to her all of the reasons why we should be equals. And it really upset me. Because I felt like I was once again having a fucking position stripped away from me. Even though they weren't making me not president, I felt like they were saying I wasn't doing a good enough job. And so they wanted her to be my equal. And so here's where, again, my cringiest regret comes in, is not being more prepared for that and not standing up for what I believe in. I let my emotions get the best of me and another thing that I think is kind of shitty is that the two of them pulled me into this meeting. And so, and she like, they say like this whole plan, but I'm completely unprepared. I, I mean, I knew that it was kind of happening because they sent me, well, I knew it was happening because they sent me an email about what we were going to be talking about. And I guess I wish that I had prepared more for that conversation. Like I went in defending myself instead of defending my ideas and what my visions were for the magazine and what my passions were. I just felt like it was an attack on me personally. And if I could really go back, like the thing that makes me cringe the most is that idea is thinking that of how personally I took it when it wasn't personal. It was about the magazine. And I had just had other shit happening in my life that made me feel like I was inadequate. And so I felt like they thought that about me too. Now, the way they were kind of talking to me didn't wasn't like crazy that I fucking thought that. But I still 
like cringe at the thought that I just I honestly like I remember just being so like flustered and I I don't know if I actually cried. I really might have like trauma blocked that. I really don't think I did. I think I was just like on the fucking verge of it. Like it was obvious that I was upset. And I remember having to be like, hold on, give me a minute and like take a deep breath because they were fucking getting me so upset. And again, it had nothing to do with like what my passions were about the magazine, but it had everything to do with them making me feel like I wasn't good enough. And I wish that I had seen that then. And so I just feel like, I don't know, like it just makes me cringe to think that I wish I had been more of an advocate for myself and that I had been able to zoom out and look at it from a realistic lens and being able to be like, okay, this isn't, you know, the end of the world. Let's realistically figure out what it is that's happening and make the proper adjustments to get my point across. And you know what, if this is what happens, maybe it's for the better so that we can, you know, combine forces and create a really cool piece. But instead I let my ego get the best of me and fucking had an emotional freak out. So moral of the story is try to zoom out and look at things big picture and check yourself if your ego is getting in the way and make sure that you really know why you are doing things like really asking yourself what your why is before you get into a situation and figure out what the separation between your why and the emotions that are getting in your way like that isn't necessary emotions I don't want to say your emotions aren't relevant but they're relevant for you to figure out they're not anybody else's problem to figure out so it's up to you to figure out what the other people's problem is and go with that go with what's actually going to make a difference in changing their mind because it's really hard to do that in general and more likely than not just because you feel a certain way isn't going to change somebody's mind but if you give them facts and evidence as to what you're trying to achieve or what your ideas are that you'd have maybe a little bit more luck with my third one involves my current boyfriend's parents (laughs) which really makes me want to fucking end it all (laughs) i just i can't and I just, oh my God, I can't believe how much this still affects me. It was literally right at the beginning of our relationship, which is what makes it so fucking cringe. But I, I don't know. I just, I think about it and I think, God, I could just fucking jack that bitch in the face. Me talking about me (laughs) and get her to shut the fuck up. Like literally like muzzle the fuck out of her and rip her out of that house and say, whoa, shut your mouth you little hoe. Anyways, (laughs) self-talk. Isn't that so nice? So here's what happened. I was just starting to date my boyfriend. We had been probably dating, I don't know, honestly, maybe like two or three months. Oh my God. That's what makes it even more cringe. I can't fucking help it. Okay. So two or three months, right? And so as you guys know, my boyfriend has a son with somebody else. And so obviously, as you can imagine, at the beginning of that relationship, there was a little bit of drama behind it. Honest to God, very grateful for my situation. There was nothing too horrible about it. But at the beginning, obviously, you know, you're hitting some rough patches. So my boyfriend and I were stressed out as a team together, stressed out about something that was happening with the mother of his son. And so I, we, I've literally never done this a day in my life. This is the one, 
well, I have one day, one day in my entire life have I ever drank because I was feeling bad. And I intentionally did that. I said we were sitting at one of our favorite restaurants, Fagata. It was in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And we were drinking Marks. <clears throat> we had started sipping Marks, I should say. And we literally, we were talking about the situation that was happening and, you know, getting like, we were upset about it, but we were problem solving it. But we were just, we kept like talking again, talking about, about what we were talking about before, like mostly talking about emotions, which obviously is good in a relationship, but it was a lot. There was a lot going on. So we literally were like, well, fuck it. Should we just get drunk? Because that would be a better time than worrying about this. So that's what we did. We had lots of margaritas, lots of them. And then we went back to his parents' house. <laughs> Idiots. I, I literally full on lived in my own apartment, but we just decided to go to his parents' house because it was closer and the Uber ride was cheaper, I guess. But like, I literally would pay all the money in the world to go back and change this. But <laughs> anyways, I... We get back to his parents' house, and at this point, we are so fucking trashed that we have turned on each other. Isn't that fun? My boyfriend and I, I can honest to God say, we have never had a severely toxic fight. Like, we have intense conversations, and we do that a little back and forth, but we don't like toxic fight. This night we toxic fought. This is the one and only time we've ever <laughs> toxic fought. And I, oh my God, I could just kill myself. Okay, so he, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean. I, um, we get back to the house and I don't remember much because I was so drunk, but I remember sitting in his parents' living room and his parents, his dad was sitting in his chair and his mom was sitting on the couch and my boyfriend in his, my boyfriend's a Pisces. He's very emotional, even though he doesn't want to admit it. And so in his little drama moment, he decided to storm out of the house and do this whole fucking scene. So I'm literally just sitting there <laughs> waiting for him to come back. I've been dating him two or three months and we've clearly been fighting. We're clearly very intoxicated. And so his parents were kind of like trying to console me and I'm crying. Oh my God. This is so cringe. I fucking can't. I'm literally crying in, in these people's house at, at, on the fucking couch. Like, I mean, <laughs> crying. Oh God, I could fucking kill myself. So I got to stop saying that, but it's just really impulsive. It's how I feel. So they were nice about that in the sense of that they were like, you don't have to apologize for being so upset or for apologize for your emotions. I was feeling very emotional because like at the same time as when my parents were getting divorced too. And so like I was, I started talking about that, which is cringe. And just like, and again, I'm talking to these fucking people that, you know, theoretically you're trying to impress because they've only seen me a number of times. But then I start fucking going, oh my God, I start saying like, well, and you know what? Like, I'm going to marry your son. So, oh my God, why would you say that? Oh my God. I could literally fucking shoot myself in the face. I literally told these people, like, I confessed my love for their child and like 
fucking I I know I said several times like I'm gonna marry him and they I remember just them looking at me like I was a fucking moron now again let's not forget my boyfriend has a kid with somebody else that kid at the time is like a little over one so they're like you like who the fuck what are you talking about like shut your fucking mouth and so oh my god I just feel like I'm sorry I'm being a bad storyteller right now because the story like really still resonates so hard for me probably because I'm still in this relationship and still see these people long past that it's been almost four years now so it's no big deal I literally showed up the next day and they were fine and it was everything was good no big deal but it really and you know what I think about it because I hope that my boyfriend doesn't let me down and we do get married and that I'll be able to be like remember that fucking drunk night who was right I was, <laughs> but, but it just is still so cringe. I don't know if it's because I, you know, let them in on my emotions. I don't know if it's because like, it, here's why, because I can look at it from an adult brain now and think like if somebody, some random fucking chick walked into my house and started pronouncing her love for my son and saying that she was going to marry him, I would hate her. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are, you're an idiot. You know nothing. Like, you you have been dating him for five seconds. You don't even know this person. Like, why are you saying that? Why are you telling us that? Like, oh my God, it was just so out of pocket and so unnecessary and so embarrassing. And I would say that the moral of the story is to not get drunk and Uber to your boyfriend's parents' house of fucking two, three months. There's that. I also think that it's it really just goes to show that you and this is a big problem that I have is that you don't have to say everything that pops into your fucking head that you're not like fake or you're not inauthentic if you do that. I don't know. Like it's like I almost felt like I was not being honest if I didn't just say what I felt, but you don't have to fucking say everything that pops into your motherfucking head. And a lot of the time when I'm intoxicated, I think that I should because I think that it'll bring people closer together. Like I think that we'll have this bond and I think we'll get along more and I think they'll understand me more. But it's not about that. It's not about, you know, you got to pick and choose who you confess your undying secrets to and emotions to. And they're not meant for absolutely every person's ear. So being a little bit more mindful of who you share yourself with will allow those deeper connections with the people that you know won't judge you and will know you know will have your back and being able to have a good connection and know what you can and cannot share with people because it's just straight up not appropriate and not because you don't want to have a good relationship with somebody that it doesn't mean that you won't have a good relationship with them just because you don't share every fucking secret and every thought that ever pops into your head. Okay, I told you guys it was going to be the second to last one, but I saved it for last because I really felt like it deserved the last one because if you thought that guy was cringe, <laughs> this guy makes me want to fucking kill myself. I keep saying that. I got to stop saying that, but it's it's I don't mean it literally. <laughs> just I just mean I literally like, I don't know, it makes me want to jump off a building. So, <laughs> this is the same thing. Anyways, I was a senior in college. And I was going on a girl's trip to Miami for spring break. Lucky me, I save up all semester to go on this fucking trip and 
COVID happens that week, everything gets shut down. I didn't give up on my Miamiing, but it was definitely limited. You weren't even allowed to go to the damn beach. We had to do carry out every night. Luckily, they moved us into a third hotel because the other ones kept closing. And this one had a rooftop pool. So that was like the best part of it that we could still at least sit by some sort of water since we had been in Iowa winter for the last however long. But all of this shit was shutting down and things were, you know, falling apart. But the whole like three months leading up to that, I've been talking to this guy that I went to high school with. That was somebody that was like heartthrob city. I had a crush on forever, but I wasn't like a direct crush forever. I just always thought he was good looking and thought he was, you know, fun personality, but I never was super close with him. Um, And we had a lot of mutual friends. So we saw each other sometimes, but it wasn't anything like super serious or close. And then For some reason, I don't even know what sparked it. We started talking and we would text literally every day. We would Snapchat, do all of the fucking things. And he talked about like coming up to my school to visit me. But then I was coming home for spring break because I was taking a flight out of O'Hare for Miami. So I was only home for one night. And that night that I was home, I met up with this dude. We had this whole plan. He was like, oh, my God, let's go on a date, blah, blah. And so I did that. It actually turned out to not be a date. And we just like drank all night with friends and he had a bonfire and I was super drunk. And so I slept with him the first time that I hung out with him. And I want to say that I regret that, but I don't in the sense of I didn't expect I wouldn't have stopped talking to him because he slept with me like I didn't think he was a bad person for sleeping with me the first time we met up so I think it's bullshit for him to think that I would be a bad person for that or that I'm easy for that and I know that that's what like the telltale like sign is but the thing is is I wasn't interested in dating I just you know I had just gotten out of that four-year relationship that was horrible I just wanted to like hang out and have fun and you know do whatever so I was upset that, you know, he ended up ghosting me and it played out that way. But so he, I go to Miami the next day. We were playing this game. Um, Oh my God, wait, actually, should I be honest with you guys? We were playing a game. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I hope this guy does not listen to it. Why would he? He's absolutely not going to listen to this, but still it's so horrible. So we weren't even playing a game. We were sitting at dinner with it was a whole group of girls and we looked nice and we were we looked good and I was drinking look at once again drinking leads to fucking issues and uh he hadn't been talking to me and so I was wanting his attention and I decided to pretend like I was playing a game with my friends a drinking game that involved me reaching out to the last person I slept with and telling them that I was pregnant. (laughs) Oh my God, moment of silence. I literally can't even handle this. So I did that and he didn't answer. And I was like, oh my God, wait, please answer. It's totally a joke. Like I'm playing a game with my friends. It's not real. Like I just, you know, you're freaking me out because you're not answering me. I didn't, I didn't mean anything by it. And he was like, didn't answer for a while. And he was like, nah, I'm just playing darts with my sister, like whatever. And then I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I just don't want you to be angry about that. I just, I was playing the stupid game and you were the last person I slept with. And so I, I had to fucking play along. And he was like, no, it's cool, whatever. But then 
our talking very much dwindled after that. And I was very upset. <laughs> and I know that it's because I did that. I know for a hundred percent fact that that is because I fucking pulled that shit. And it's so cringe and it's so embarrassing. And I, it honestly put me in pain to tell you guys that story a little bit, but I just, I think that because it's just so embarrassing and it's so unnecessary, especially because it so wasn't true. But I just I wanted to say something that reminded him that we had just slept together. And instead of being like sexy and fun and cute and being like, hey, remember that? I decided to fucking pull the craziest bitch card that I absolutely could out of my fucking pocket and play it. And I don't know why my brain decided to do that that day, but thank God it did because, you know, then it didn't work out and I met my boyfriend. But, <laughs> you know, still, I, I think... So it led me to being like super obsessed with the idea of him because I knew in my heart that I had fucked it up so bad and had didn't done it to myself. And maybe, you know, it would have played out the same exact way. And it probably would have because he already wasn't, you know, being very responsive and nice. But I just oh, my God, I, I, I just I can't even believe that that happened. So the moral of that story is to fucking play it cool, dog. Like, <laughs> play it fucking cool like again it's like you let your emotions get the best of you or at least I'm sorry I let my emotions get the best of me and it just can't be that way you act before you think instead of being able to like choose your thoughts wisely and choose your actions wisely you're just making decisions because you think that they're good ideas and they're not good ideas they're not good ideas and I think the other moral of that story is, is even if you do do some radical fucking out of pocket shit like that, it doesn't change who you are as a person. Like I and this is why I cringe so hard at it even now is I just feel like it labels me as this person that I'm not. And I behaved in a way that didn't reflect who I was. Like, I'm not that kind of person. Like, I'm not the kind of person that's gonna be a crazy psycho per like girl. Like, that's I I'm that's just not me. Like, I feel like I pride myself on being like very cool and laid back and and um down to earth and real and all of those things when it comes to guys. And so I <sighs> I, I felt like I just like totally acted out of character and it's not who you are if you make mistakes, that you are more than your mistakes, you're more than your feelings that come with those mistakes. But also it's a good example of making sure that you are showing up as your best self as much as you can and showing up as your authentic self as much as you can. Asking yourself before you make any fucking rash decisions, is this something that my authentic self would do? and make that choice from there. So that's my four cringy memories for you guys. I'm, there's plenty more. So if you like this episode, I can definitely share more with you. <laughs> Lucky me. It's almost like you got to experience the toxic shit in order to become this healed in the know version of you. Because if it, I mean, <laughs> but you know, I say that, but really I could do without some of these things, you know, like I could really have done without them. And I think I still would have been able to become a better version of myself. But anyways, I labeled these as regrets, um, but I don't know if I necessarily regret them because obviously they taught me something. And I know that sounds lame, but it's true. And I'm able to come here and talk to you guys about them and hopefully prevent you from making the same mistakes or from 
validating you if you have similar feelings that have led to similar type of actions that, you know, it just, it happens to the best of us sometimes. Sometimes we act out of fucking pocket. Sometimes we do things that aren't in alignment with who we want to be or who we are. And it's just the way that it goes. And we learn from it and we grow from it and we don't fucking ever do anything like that ever goddamn again. (laughs) And at the end of the day, it really just makes us a whole person. You know, it makes you a interesting, more knowledgeable having experienced and lived life and has stories to tell type of person. And that's fun. You know, it's it even though in the moment, it's not very fun. And maybe sometimes looking back at it, it gives you random anxiety. And that's not very fun. But it gives you entertaining and um, knowledgeable and stories to tell. It gives you an opportunity to, you know, just have experienced life a little bit more. And that's nice, you know? I'd rather be that person than a boring, no personality person. I hope hearing about my pain (laughs) helped prevent some of yours. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show so that you can come back for less cringy things and more things about becoming the best version of ourselves and tips on how to become that person and really authentically, realistically step into that for real this time and not just thinking that one day you'll transform into this being and everything will be okay. You'll actually make it there in a real way and feel satisfied with it. But you're not going to do that if you don't subscribe to the show. So subscribe to the show. If you have any questions or stories that you would like shared on the show, I would love to do a segment of that. You know, maybe take the pressure off of me sharing my cringy stories and share some of yours. (laughs) Give me some advice on them. That would be awesome. You can do that with a submission box on Wellish's Instagram at Wellish Podcast. It's in one of the highlight reels. And I, uh, you can also, you know, DM me, whatever that works too. And then you can also follow me on Instagram at Sarah.Rittendale and on TikTok is at Sarah Rittendale for daily tips to become your best self. We're going to have a great week. Do not forget you are elite as fuck no matter what cringy ass things you do. And I will talk to you Monday. Bye guys. (laughs) 